what's going on guys thanks for tuning in to another episode of the radical standard podcast my name is zach hernandez as always i'm joined my co-host matt llewellyn matt it feels like it's been forever how you doing tonight it has been it's been quite a while man um you know life gets you down plus the off season you know well again we say it every time but i'm telling you guys we're gonna get on track here shortly so thanks for bearing with us uh we appreciate it but i'm good zach man let's let's get underway yeah, I mean, obviously the biggest thing since we've been gone, Julio Jones got traded and it was not to the 49ers. Uh, he went mm-hmm. to Tennessee. Why do you think the 49ers passed on them going over the capital they gave up? Looks like they gave up a 2022 second round mm-hmm. pick and a 2023 fourth round pick in exchange for Julio Jones and a 2023 sixth round pick. Do you think that was just too rich for the 49ers to do? Um, I don't know if it was rich or not. Um, first of all, I want to say at least he didn't go to the Seahawks or the Rams, as was being rumored. That's good. I think the Falcons were already prepped to uh, trade him out of the NFC. And I think that kind of plays into what the price was for Tennessee. Um, for, in the 49ers aspect, I think we talked about this a while ago when people were at Julio Jones. And my thing was like, let's not stunt the growth of Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk. Let's get them out there. Let's get them kind of, you know, acclimated to being number one slash number two wide receivers. The second thing you got to remember is that Julio Jones is a big time receiver, but that comes with big time money. And so when you look at the contract and you look at the fact that he's 32 years old, he's still Julio Jones, but maybe for 12 games a year instead of 16, I think that the 49ers are wise to kind of save that money for the extensions that they have to get through. Um, Ace Daddy brings it up. They have to resign Fred Warner. Bosa, I'm not really worried about. Bosa has two more years before the 49ers even have to think about re-signing him. Um, he has his, you know, he's going into his third year this season. He still has two more years after this season. So I'm not worried about him. He doesn't need to be signed right now. They're going to exercise the fifth-year option on him and then work on an extension at that point. But Fred Warner is really the big, big-ticket item right now. I think that he's waiting for Darius Leonard to reset the market, and then he's going to go a notch above that. Right now, uh, Bobby Wagner's the high watermark. I think he makes $18 million a year. So they're going to kind of look at that and see where they can go from there. I don't think it was too much in terms of what the – I think the Titans got a really good deal for Julio. I just don't think that that was the price that the 49ers were going to get. And then you add in all the extraneous um, you know, things that you have to worry about with that, with IU, with Samuel, their development, all this stuff. I just don't think that it was something that was in the cards for the team. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, especially they just gave up, you know, uh, three first round picks. I know you like to say uh, to get Trey Lance, and it was you know they're already kind of strapped for picks. And and for a team that feels they can compete within the next couple of years, maybe giving up more picks uh, within the next two years didn't really seem feasible. Especially you know for a guy like you said who's going to command such a large portion of your salary. And also, I really like that you brought up Ayuk and Debo, their production and their kind of development getting impacted by Julio. Um, on the flip side, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and you were talking about in the chat, Ryan Tannehill's actually been an extremely efficient quarterback while in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the gaze factor cannot be underestimated. That's why I expect Sam Darnold to actually show market improvement this year in Carolina, um, especially Matt Rule, offensive guy. Um, kind of take him under his wing. Adam Gase made his living off of that 55 touchdown season from Peyton Manning. Um, and, and you know, he turned that into two head coaching jobs, but it was readily apparent that Ryan Tannehill got significantly better 
in Tennessee when he took over for Marcus Mariota. And he's been a very efficient deep ball thrower. That's not to say that he matches Julio's description of like big arm quarterback, because I don't think that Tannehill has a huge arm. He's just efficient at getting the ball where it needs to go. And he's had, you know, it's not just the the cookie cutter. You know, David Lombardi loves to roll out how efficient Jimmy was at the deep ball. But then you look at, you know, week two Cincinnati 2019, where you have Marquise Goodwin with nobody in a 20 yard radius. So of course that deep ball is going to look good. Um, Tannehill actually threw 20% of his deep balls were tight window throws. So that's kind of a lot. So, you know, he's, he's efficient. And I think that with those two out there, they did lose Johnu Smith and you worry about what Derek Henry has in the tank. Um, traditionally running backs after a 2000 yard season have a little bit of a decline just because of usage. But if those two stay healthy on the outside, there's no reason why Tennessee can't be a serious competitor in the AFC. Yeah, I totally agree. And I do think that that trade worked perfectly for them. Um, they're already a pretty um, Im- impactful, efficient offense just with AJ Brown. Um, but now they add Julio to that. I'm really excited to see what they're going to do. And I'm glad, like you said, he didn't go to Seattle. He didn't go to Arizona and he's out of the NFC. So hopefully the 49ers kind of, you know, escaped a bullet there because it definitely could have um, impacted them a lot heavier. Now, with all that said, you did discuss Ayuk and Debo, like we said. How do you feel about the 49ers wide receiver group going into this year? I still have a lot of questions past the top. Those two guys. Debo, I've seen him working out in the offseason. Um, I know they were like listed on a camp injury report, but it's camp. Everybody's, you know, trying to get loose and get used to stuff. Um, I have questions about the three. And that's really what I want to see. Is Jalen Hurd going to be able to contribute at all and stay healthy? I'm hearing reports that Juwan Jennings looks a little more spry this year. Um, maybe he can take over that spot. Richie James, the guy that gets who says he doesn't get opportunities, but he's still on the team after not doing anything. Maybe he does something. Who knows? Maybe he gets his 85th opportunity, and that's the charm. Uh, that's the real question is beyond the top two guys, because I think Ayuk and Samuel, when you pair them with a healthy George Kittle, that's enough to do a ton of damage, especially when you have such a deep backfield and you know Kyle Shanahan wants to run the ball and he's going to run the ball to scheme open passing plays. Um, that's really where, you know, I'd love to see Kyle Juszczyk use more in the passing game. I, I feel like 2019, he was used a little bit more than 2020. Could be that the quarterbacks weren't there, um, obviously with Jimmy Hurt, but there are weapons that are here for the 49ers. It's just who's going to rise up to the challenge and take that number three spot. I think right now it's between Jennings, who again, people have said look quicker in camp. Um, I don't know if that's just because he's, you know, worked with people or if he's lost some weight. Um, I haven't been able to see too much. Obviously we're not at camp, so we don't have the same access that some people do, but it'll be interesting to see. And I think it's between him and Jalen Hurd, because I think if, if Hurd can stay healthy, he definitely showed, you know, glimpses of what he could do in that preseason game. And it's so tantalizing for the fan base. It's been snatched away from us two years in a row. So what's his recovery from ACL look like? And can he be what we perceive him to be? So that's really what I'm interested in going forward. It's the, I think it's those two guys for the number three spot. And the number three spot is where I think the conversation at wide receiver starts for the 49ers. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like that's kind of been the case. And it does put a lot on Debo and Brandon Ayuk to remain out on the field and stay healthy. Uh, Debo last season kind of was in and out of the lineup. 
Um, I know you, you've, you know, said that it concerns you his weight. He wasn't able to get it managed last season and it likely had something to do with those hamstring injuries. But I do think that the 49ers this year, there's a real opportunity for one of these younger guys to step up and seize that third right receiver position. And we saw, I don't know if you saw, but uh, recently they did kind of their media day. Juwan Jennings, he's given off that, you know, KB vibe, dancing around, having fun, doing the photo shoot. Now, obviously, that only gets you so far, if anywhere. It, it is nothing once, until you get on the field. But I like that there's some positivity, at least, of surrounding him going into the season. Hopefully, he can capitalize on that. I know I wasn't the only one that was excited about him going into uh, his rookie season. And unfortunately, that didn't really seem to pan out. But I do think that the opportunity is there. And they just really need to capitalize. Um yeah, the next, I, I, go ahead, go I agree. Ahead. I agree. Um, you know, there again, there's potential in the room. You just need to see it put together. Um, they have a couple of guys. Uh, somebody mentioned that, you know, Austin Watkins could make the team. He could make the team. Um, they signed Trent Sherfield, who used to play for the Cardinals. He's a potential guy that could stick around for the return game. They desperately need a returner. That's the other thing that we're not looking at in this wide receiver group is the fact that someone's got to return kicks. Because I've, I've, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. If I have to watch Richie James, you know, stutter step into eight defenders again when he has a wide <laughs> open lane, three feet off to his right, I'm going to lose it. It's the the 49ers in terms of returning have been one of the worst teams in the NFL in the Shanahan era, um, and it's it needs to improve. Special teams is often forgotten about, especially when you you know Wishnowski is is pretty good for a punter. Um, you know, Gould, when he's not being a head case, is really reliable as a kicker. He'll have that one game where he just misses three, and you're like, should we cut him? And then all of a sudden, you know, he doesn't miss for the rest of the year. They're pretty solid in special teams except for the returning, and that's something that has to change. Yeah. Um, going through some of the comments here, uh, Steve, I think wide receiver room is being slept on a little bit. Possible. Um, a steady. Our top three passing options have an injury history, so scary for 17 games. Tommy Huxley, what's good, Hive? Matt, how about them Chicantes? It's June, bro. <laughs> wait, wait for the dog days and them old ass giants to start falling apart. You think you think Brandon Crawford's going to keep up that pace? That Buster Posey going to keep up that pace? You're tripping, dude. We'll see in October. So the next thing that happened uh, while we were out, and this actually just happened this morning, is the 49ers signed former Ravens and Cardinals safety Tony Jefferson per ESPN's Adam Schefter. Um, Jefferson hasn't played since October 2019 when he tore his ACL against the Steelers. What do you think about this signing? Is it more of just a depth move, or do you think there's actually a chance he can get some solid playing time with the Niners? He'll probably get solid playing time. I think he's a he's a good player. 2019 tore his ACL. I think he opted out last year. Um, you know... Again, it seems like the 49ers are really trying to address the issues from last year where injuries hit and it was like we're pulling guys off the street to go in there and play. You know, we're pulling River Craycrafts off the dirt pile to go and play. Um, and I just don't think that the 49ers want to, you know, go through that again. Um, I just think that at this point they realize – the best abilities availability. And if you don't have availability, then you need to have next man up and somebody who can, you know, take the spot at, at least at a level that if not to the same level, you're not looking at a huge drop off. That's all you can ask for is you want competent play out there. And, you know, we saw it with, again, like I said, river Craycraft. Um, 
Brian Allen when they had to start Brian Allen and got he got absolutely torched. These are the type of things that you look at. And, you know, for every surprise that you get in a carry hider, more often than not, you're going to get the Brian Allens and the River Craycrafts of the world who aren't really going to do anything. And it exposes a huge flaw when your team is top heavy. And that's, you know, when you look around the league, that's something that the Rams deal with, you know. What happens to their defense if something happens to Aaron Donald, you know, or Jalen Ramsey? Where are they at at that point? Where are they at if Matthew Stafford gets hurt um, or, you know, Cooper Cup goes down again? These are things that you have to worry about. And that's why teams that have good balance and good depth typically tend to, you know, rise to the to, to the top. And it's why when you look at Tampa Bay, who's kept their roster together, and the Kansas City Chiefs, who have done absolute cap wizardry to be able to, you know, maintain their team, those those type of teams are what we want to, you know, emulate in terms of having those frontline players, but also having enough depth that maybe if one of those guys misses a couple of weeks, it's not an absolute crusher for the team. Tommy Huxley, Matt, please don't say the words Brian Allen. <laughs> I didn't want to. It felt dirty coming out of my mouth, and I wish I didn't have to say it, but I was trying to make a point. <laughs> The point was made. The point definitely was made. I like the signing. Uh, Hung Fat said, too, I wanted Jefferson when he signed with the Ravens. I'm worried he's not the same player now, though. The thing is, I don't think they, they'll they expect the same thing from him if they would have signed him back then. Um, I think he signed a four-year, $34 million. Yeah, and it's a one-year deal for them. Yeah. And really, they don't need him to be Tony Jefferson of a couple years ago. Really, what they're doing is they're looking at, okay, um, we have – we have the rookie that, you know, is going to play um, some snaps, you know, and we have Jefferson. Is that enough of a backup for Jimmy Ward, who stayed healthy for a couple of years, which is really, you know, against type for him? And then remember, we still have Jaquaski Tart coming off of a major foot injury. So, you know, there's still concerns there. So what they're doing is they're getting depth in case maybe Tart's a little slow out of the gate and he can't go right away. So. You know, you look at what they're doing, and I think it's really good this early to shore up what they're doing. Um, and I think the types of players that they are kind of picking up too. when you look at, you know, when they draft Ambry Thomas and, and things like that. I think that this defense, when you especially look at what the difference will be between Robert Sala and uh, the new defensive Ryan. coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, is going to do. I think that this team is actually going to switch to a more more press man rather than playing off ball more. I think they're going to play on ball. And so, you know, you look for that in the type of players that they're getting. This really, to me, is just it's it's insurance in case that Joukowsky Tart's foot isn't ready to go or Jimmy Ward, you know, gets banged up or whatever. You know, you can never have too much depth. And I think that it's a good signing, but they're not expecting him to be the next Troy Polamalu or even Tony Jefferson of, you know, 2017 or whatever. Yeah, and I do think that's a good point because the 49ers at this point, look, they're basically just saying, if you could bring anything to the table, we're appreciative of that. If you're here to fill a role, like you said, Matt, if somebody goes down, if somebody gets injured, then you have a veteran who, who's familiar with the system and can step in and hopefully you know, get that role filled. And it's not a huge drop off like it was when you know previously when these guys would get injured and you had a basic, basically nobody filling in. Um, and you brought up D'Amico Ryans and I'm glad you did. Cause that's literally next on the docket for tonight. He was recently, uh, I think he gave a press conference after one of the, the practices, the camps. And he said, basically the scheme's going to stay the same, or there's going to be some, some tweaks, excuse me, to the scheme, but the philosophy is going to stay the same overall. And the quote was, 
I want to be known as an attacking defensive line. Our D-line is going to attack. Our linebackers and secondary are going to play with base fundamentals. We're going to play off our D-line. We're going to allow our D-line to get to the ball and attack. We're going to clean up those things behind them, but we will be a more aggressive attacking defense. What do you take away from this? Do you think that's going to be a really, you know, like a noticeably more aggressive defense? I hope not. Um, Not that aggression is bad. But when I hear that, the first thing I think about is, okay, well, what happens to the backside contain on on option plays? You know, when you're playing Kyler Murray or, you know, whoever the mobile quarterback is going to be. Are, is the defensive line being even more aggressive going to cause more over pursuits? And then, you know, how are you cleaning up the back end? That's something that worries me. Um, but really what this is, this coach speak, this is him trying to set himself apart from Robert Sala in his own way. I don't think that anything with the, I mean, the defensive line already crashes gaps and attacks really hard. So I don't really foresee that changing. Um, I'm more interested in what's going to happen in the secondary. That's where I think the subtle changes are going to come. And like I said, I think they're going to play more press man. When you look at, you know, Jason Verrett is really good in press. Um, Ambry Thomas is really good in press. And so like when I'm looking at who they drafted with who they signed, that's why I kind of feel like, they might be transitioning a little bit to a little more press coverage. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm excited to see what happens. So uh, the offense should be really good. That'll allow the defense to kind of work through probably a little bit of early trouble. Um, It's very fortunate that they have two very winnable games against pretty bad teams. Uh, So I don't know if you saw the Detroit Lions new hat. I have it now. Oh, it's it's got a lion symbol and just an L. And and they're like, oh, "Um, my God, come on, guys. Who, who let that come out to the public? So Detroit's used to taking L's. They're going to take an L week one. So I have to look this up. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, I don't see it. I'll, I'll find it. I'm sure I'll find it. Um, I do think that the 49ers really benefit from having somebody as capable and experienced as D'Amico Ryan. He was a fantastic linebacker with the Texans and he he's, come up through the ranks with the 49ers. So I do think that there's not going to be too much of a drop-off of any between Sala and Ryan's. Obviously, there's somewhat of a learning curve. I expect that, but I do think that the defense, for the most part, will remain the same defense that we've all known to to love, to, to grown to love. Um, I do like that, yeah, he's teaching them to be more aggressive, but you brought up a great point with uh, the quarterback, uh, you know, bootleg, bootleg or um, quarterback runs. I forget the word you use, but that killed the 49ers at times in the last couple of years. I remember uh, Kyler Murray. I remember Jared Goff on that. I think it was a Thursday night game against the Rams that they ended up winning in, you know, miraculous fashion with that Emmanuel Sanders deep pass. But the fact that the 49ers were able to overcome that, I do think helps them and it gives them overall more experience. Okay. Matt sent me the link here for the hat. We got to show this. Let me see if I can pull it up here. There we go. Wow. <laughs> That's a terrible hat. I mean, I know the Lions are used to taking L's, but you can't just put it on your hat like that. This is hilarious. It's really bad. That's so funny. I, I don't know who thought that was a good idea. They should be fired immediately. It's um, one of the worst hats I've ever seen. Uh, you know what? I actually also, speaking of hats, I don't like the training camp hats this year. I don't know. It's like a the 49ers one is like um it's like that really light gray. I, I just don't like it. 
Fair enough. I know I'm, I've never been a hat guy. I have a weird shaped head. So I can appreciate a good looking hat. But to me, I don't know. I can't spot a bad hat when I see it. Unless it's like like that one that's like egregiously bad where it's obvious that it's bad. If not, it looks yeah. all right to me. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, Ian sure. Sharp says, hopefully more of the same with our defense. Definitely. Uh, Leonardo yeah, Cruz. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Bosa goes off this year. That's what I want to see. Definitely. Uh, Leonardo Cruz is my favorite podcast. I get a noise. Grant's BS podcast. He has good guests like Vish. But other than that, he has my nerves going through the roof. They're both good guys. Vish is great. But Grant, I think, is by design. I do think Grant says Grant, a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, like, don't let Grant work you. Like, he's he's totally rolling a gimmick out there. Like, that whole thing is a gimmick. Because when you meet Grant in person, he's a really nice dude. Um, I just think that, you know, he's, again, it's it's June. You know, camps aren't even really in there. Like, you got to have something to, yeah. to talk about. And I think that he goes about it in kind of a, you know, a trolley sort of way, but that that's straight up. That's a gimmick, dude. Grant was one of my first interviews when we started a YouTube channel. And I, I flat mm-hmm. out asked him if he thinks he's a troll. Um, you can go and look on our YouTube channel. One of our first videos it's there. I forget his answer and a very long way. His answer was no, uh, because he feels like he genuinely believes the stuff. He says, I respect Grant. I respect the work ethic. Um, but some of the stuff I do think is a bit, clickbaity and it's youtube i mean i respect the hustle but yeah yeah it's just not what we would do no and, and by the way leonardo thank you thank you for the kind words i appreciate that yeah because like nice dude the one thing that he'll say like i saw a, a round table piece that they had right and so grand will just be like oh the team sucks this sucks kyle shanahan's overrated what about this guy is he gonna screw up again this and this and that and then he's like you know in that round table essentially paraphrasing here but he essentially said dude if the team stays healthy they're a super bowl team and so, so it's just like it's you know yeah he's, he's doing his thing he's got a shtick and it works for him and he's had a lot of success so i'm not gonna hate on him for it it's just not what we're doing and i will say it's a little shocking to see grant so positive around the team it seems like for the first five years or the last five years i should say he's been very negative around any topic regarding the team playoff chances record outcome predictions draft picks this year it seems like he's kind of praising the team a lot more than he's he's bashing them it is a little weird to see but at the same time it's working for him and also jimmy ward shouted him out which i thought was pretty cool saying that he watches the show and stuff like that um but yeah respect the hustle uh, Sin wants to know how D'Amico Ryans will handle mobile quarterbacks. You were just talking about this, Matt. Do you think he will have more in his game plan than Solid did? It, you know, it, it has to be a consideration considering how many more mobile quarterbacks are coming into the league. Um, you know, we have more on the schedule this year. Again, Kyler Murray twice. Russell Wilson, you got to worry about, you know, Justin Fields. There's no way Justin Fields is not playing by Halloween. That's for sure just the reports out of bears camper that he's slinging it. And it's like, when you look at Andy Dalton next to a Justin Fields, you're going to be, the, I'm not going to do the thing that Callan Cowherd did. Don't. <laughs> yeah. That was a little out of pocket. And I don't think he meant what came out, but Oh, that was so bad. That was no, one of those yeah. no moments. It's just, you know, um, for example, today, uh, Ben Albright was talking about what his thoughts were between drew lock and Teddy Bridgewater. And he's like, drew lock looked like he was overthrowing things. Um, and thinking too much and it looked like teddy bridgewater while he threw with anticipation there was just a lack of of zip on the ball so you can see those differences in camp the players already know and so the players look at justin fields and they're like all right this dude's playing 
And, and we've said that for a while now. Players know, players see, they know talent. They recognize talent right away. They know who hasn't and who doesn't. Justin Fields, we always known, has been one of those guys. Um, but I do think the 49ers, as far as handling mobile quarterbacks, I think they'll have a lot more uh, in their playbook and at least a lot more in their repertoire because they've dealt with it. They've, they've been burned by it. They adjusted later on with dealing with these mobile quarterbacks. And like you said, Matt, there's so many of them now. A lot of these quarterbacks are dual threat. Can they, you know, they can't just drop back and pass it anymore. They're, they're completely two-dimensional. And that's what Kyle Shanahan was raving about when talking about a guy like Trey Lance. You know, it, for the longest time, it's been 11 on 10. You turn your quarterback into a threat, a running threat, and now all of a sudden it's 11 on 11 and nobody can be covered fully or double covered, I should say. So it really does help. But I think Ryan's is going to do a good job uh, adjusting what, to that. What do you think of the uh, the dual narrative? And Ian, I can help you with hats. Um, what do you think of the dual narrative? So you have people like Lombardi coming out when people ask him, oh, how'd Trey Lance look? And he goes, oh, he looked like a raw rookie. And then you have people like Middlecoff coming out and it's like, kid can sling it and you can see it. Like, what? first of all Lombardi yeah yeah there's stuff behind it we all know Lombardi thinks the world of Jimmy Garoppolo to put it bluntly um and I do think that maybe there's a little bit of that you know in in implicit inherent bias I forget what the term is um implicit bias behind it and to where I do think that he he may not realize he's completely supporting Jimmy by kind of putting down Trey Lance a little bit and not necessarily putting him yeah. down, but it's kind of like, Oh, he looks like a rookie. I think oh, the word raw. raw. I think the word raw is the thing that really is what sticks out to me. To you. It's it's like you uh, can say, Oh, he looks like a rookie. Flashed. <laughs> it's like flash. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you have George Kittle coming out and saying, no, he looks better than a typical rookie does. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's weird to me. I will say that there are things that you notice right away. Um, it's readily apparent that Trey Lance is gigantic in comparison to Jimmy Garoppolo. Like Jimmy looks small out there, but I will say that, you know, when they had the drill where they were, you know, doing their, they had the, what is it? The the pad on the ground or whatever. And they were doing their like shuffling with their feet and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think Jimmy has a little bit more refined feet at the moment. And that's to be expected. He's been a pro for a long time. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, anything that we're saying now is really, you know, it's, it's it's premature to put on any judgment. I just think that it's really interesting how two people watch the same practice and get two different results. It's just, it's really interesting, and I think that you know we'll we'll see who's got all the skin in the game when it's readily apparent one way or another which way it's going to go. Totally agree, and I do think that, like you said, it's so early on. Um, I also remember reading reports how. Alex Smith was like balling out in that first rookie training camp. And, oh, he looked like the guy and the 49ers made the right pick. And I think he didn't throw his first touchdown, if I remember correctly, until like week 17. And it was against the Texans. And it was like, yeah, be the first rookie quarterback to not throw a touchdown in this first season. Um, he struggled heavily. So it's, it's I think a lot of that early. If you look at the I, Alex, Alex got a raw deal. Man, no, no, no. To totally, totally. I'm just saying it's too early. Mike to, Nolan to, say to Mike Singletary. Yeah. Can't do it. No, Can't and I get them. it. There, there are some quarterbacks that are bad practice quarterbacks or some quarterbacks that are good practice quarterbacks. You just never know. Yeah. I just think that it's really interesting that there's this like 
diametrically opposed narrative when you're when two people who aren't with the team are you know saying the same thing because you know we, we can all say oh he looks good in practice right and i think that the consensus was that alex looked good in practice um but once he got out there it was a different story this is a situation that's different because it's two people watching the same thing getting two different results out of it so it's just it's really interesting that that that's happening and i think a lot of it has to do with who's got the skin in the game lombardi but We'll see. We'll see. I hope that it leads more towards what Middlecoff is saying and what George Kittle has been saying rather than what Lombardi's been saying. I agree. And I do think that at least he'll likely have some time if things go as planned. We're not going to have to find out hopefully week six, week seven, if Jimmy's playing well, if the team's winning, if Jimmy stays healthy, he'll have more time to make sure it is refined and make sure it's not raw make sure it is, you know, refined and looks like he should because he's an extremely talented player um real quick we have a raffle going on right now let me show you guys the tweet you can go to find more information on um we are raffling off a brandon Ayuk autographed jersey um all proceeds raised by this will go to the vta solidarity fund to help the families of the victims of the vta shooting that happened here in san jose about two weeks back the raffle will go through this Friday, uh, which I believe is the 11th. And as soon as I get out of work and come home, I'm going to sit up right here and get all of the tickets, put them in a little container that I can make and pick a random one in front of you guys. So it's a dollar for one ticket, five for 10, 10 for 25 and 20 for 50. So make sure you guys and, and people have been asking, you can send us the money via cash app, Zelle, PayPal, um, or if you feel more comfortable, you can make a donation directly to the VTA Solidarity Fund and just send us a screenshot of your receipt. And however much you donate, we'll send you uh, the correct amount of tickets corresponding with that. So however you guys want to do it, we're just trying to make raise some money for a good cause, trying to uh, have some positivity come out of this. So whatever we can do is much appreciated. And yeah, it'll go through Friday the 11th, and I'll be on here live announcing the winner. So thanks for everybody who's bought tickets already. We're super excited to be able to do that. Um, next on the docket tonight map, the 49ers recently announced that they will be staying at the Greenbrier Resort um, for the second year in a row in West Virginia between their week one and week two games in Detroit and in Philadelphia. How much do you think that reduced travel time actually helps the team in the long run? I think it really helps because you're talking about a full day of travel each way. Um that saves you time for walkthroughs and, you know, other things that you can use to prepare, you know, um, and, and it makes that second game against Philadelphia, which potentially could have been one of those trap games early in the season where you're just like, well, the team's already tired or whatever. Um, you're actually talking about, you know, when you're staying in training camp, you're at camp pretty much, you know, the rookies are at camp. They're all holed up in a hotel already. Now between week one and week two, you're just going to be doing, it's more of the same. So um, I think that that's, a good call and it's the one trip that they have to do it this year. So it's got, it's out of the way right at the beginning of the season. They don't have to worry about it the rest of the way. And, you know, I think it only helps. Totally agree. I think that especially a West coast team going to the East coast back to back, like it's, it's a lot. And especially starting off the season like that teams don't really have an identity that early on. So I think it'll help them. And I think the 49ers have gotten kind of used to that, that stay, and not only that, but it also helps with team building. It's kind of an aspect that I haven't seen covered much. Players get to bunk together. They get to stay together. 
um, as if they haven't been around each other enough, but it kind of is a little extra time to be together. So that's an aspect that I don't think is, is discussed enough. Um, and also I thought was pretty cool. I don't know if you caught Al Guido's interview on 95.7, the game recently, but he went on there and he was talking about the state of the franchise, which will unfortunately be virtually again this year. And it will, he believes it will occur on June 30th. Um, and when they asked him about the possibility, possibility, excuse me, of red throwbacks, he said, the best I can say right now is we got a lot coming for the 75th anniversary. And he was kind of being coy about it and hinting that they will be announced. Do you think that that's likely going to happen? Probably Pro- or some variation thereof. Right. Um, it'll be something like that. Um, but yeah, they're definitely going. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did like they did in 1994, where they kind of wear these alternate uniforms throughout the season just to signify. I know that there are pictures coming out today of the team in their new uniforms and, you know, the 75th anniversary patch is on the uniform and it's super cool and all that stuff. But this is a big one. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you expect the team to do something special for, you know, the 75th anniversary of the team, the diamond anniversary, as it were. So, yeah, I think the red throwbacks are, are a real possibility. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I know the players are going to be hyped about them more. You know, it's really weird. Some people like the utilitarian, super clean look of the all whites. There's something about those reds that are just, I don't know. I like those ones. So I kind of hope they come back. That'd be nice to see. I Those have always been my favorite jerseys. Um, even when I'd play Madden, I would always switch to those. I know I've said it a thousand yeah. times, but they're just so clean. There's something about that. And I bought this mask off of my guy, Lionel, and I'll drop his handle in, in the, the chat. He, he has these. He has them in a bunch of different uniforms, the home, home throwbacks, away throwbacks. So go and check them out. I think they're like 10 bucks, dude, but they're super cool. And for me, this isn't even a sponsor or anything. I just wanted to shout them out because I like these creators. Yeah. He gets these Honestly, cool. low key, uh, I really, uh, you know, if we're talking uniforms and, you know, that's sick with the Lance throwback. If we're talking uniforms, I kind of like the mid 2000s ones. Don't those are clean. That, I, I kind of like them, man. I know it was a bad time for the team, but it just, you know, it got a little busy. I know everybody loves the black uniforms that we came out with, but the numbers were so flat. I love that these had they yeah they had some black on it but they also had the gold trim and I thought there was something about that gold trim that just really tied everything together. Even now the 49ers have one of the classic, you know, jersey combos or whatever in in the NFL. I yeah, part of me wishes that there was something like gold about the jersey even if it was just trim for the for the sleeve stripes. You know, just something to tie the pants and the helmet together. So that and was just something I was thinking about and we've always said too like the problem with the all black alternates with that. There was no gold. There was no gold. It was yeah, simply no black gold. and red. The numbers and, and the red was so dark. It's that like cardinal red, really, that it was hard to read the numbers when you're watching the game on TV. You, like you really couldn't see. And so that little extra, if they put gold trim on it, those numbers would have popped and you would have been able to, it would have looked really good. But yeah, I, I think that if they go with the 94, the the red, that, that'll be, that'll be really nice. We have Don Burr in the chat saying Detroit beats the Niners week one, and he's got money on Detroit versus everybody, uh, whatever that means. Don Burr, I don't, I don't think with Jared Goff, the Lions are going to be that lethal this year, but hey, anything can happen. Don, I hope, I hope you didn't use your rent money for the gambling. Please gamble responsibly. 
you're about to lose a lot of money. <laughs> a lot. Respect. You're gonna have yes. a hard year, my friend. Yeah, uh, it's all in good fun, man. We'll see who wins. Um, but going back to Al Guido's interview on uh, 95.7 The Game, uh, he basically was saying we've got a number of updates that our fans have been asking for, and we've been doing our best to listen to the fans, bringing back that nostalgia into the building. And we've got a ton of things coming with the 75th anniversary. To me, that screams red throwback jerseys because those have been kind of the talk of the town on Twitter for the last like two years. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see those. And he was saying that they will add another player to the Edward uh, Jada Bartolo senior 49ers hall of fame. Last year they added Bryant young, but because there was no uh, in-person ceremony, he wasn't actually physically added. I don't believe they held the ceremony. He was asked if that player was Patrick Willis and Guido kind of responded coyly again, you know, we'll see. All I can say is tune into the state of the franchise. I think the fans will get what they want. You know, it's going to be Patrick Willis, dude. P. Willie, it's it's got to be. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be. Anybody else who would have put in already? I agree. Yeah, so. and, and you know, it's go just going back. Frank Gore still playing. Um, Bryant Young was already in, and between Frank Gore, I don't. As much as I love Alex Smith, I don't think he gets into the 49ers Hall of Fame. So it's got to be Patrick Willis. Yeah, it's, it's got to be. be. It's got to be. Yeah, man, Don Burren here. He's he's walking into enemy territory real early. <laughs> Who mentioned Jameis Winston, my guy? I don't think Jameis Winston's good. He's good as a backup. I think he has a chance if he, you know, if the eyesight thing works out for him. But my guy in here, hey, go look at your hats, man, because that's what you're taking all year. You should buy that hat. Buy the L one. Why you still? Why you still have money? Go buy that hat real quick. <laughs> And yeah, Tannehill is good. Hate to break it to you. He's good. He's improved. He's a better player. Yeah. He's not the same Tannehill with Adam Gase. He's a he's a good quarterback. Especially when you give him AJ Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's a that's a solid quarterback. Yep. Yep. Let's take a quick break from today's show to say thank you to the sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Baxter Blue. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter Blue Glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of the glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. I know I myself am constantly on my phone, um, whether it's managing 49ers Hive or on my laptop recording new episodes with Matt of the Wrangle Center podcast, and my eyes have definitely felt the difference. Our exposure to digital light has soared and all of our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force for good and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every single pair sold. This is eyewear built for a digital age, and Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you have been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love your new Baxter's, and we know that you will feel the difference. Make sure you click the link in our show notes to get 10% off your next purchase of Baxter Blues. Now let's get back to the show. Um, so I do think that the 49ers, though, they're in a good spot heading into the season. We talked about it the last show. There's a lot of positivity surrounding the team, and it's it's nice to feel it because I know last season was the revenge tour and all this was hyping it up. That didn't happen. Quickly, 
you know, burnt into ashes. But I do think this season, the 49ers covered a lot of their bases. I think they filled as many holes as they could. They made the big move with Trey Lance. Is there anything you think the 49ers didn't do that you would have liked to have seen them done? Again, wide receiver depth. Um, And then, you know, the the secondary, I think it's going to be a concern. Not because they didn't address it in the draft. They really did. But you want to see how that pans together. Is Verrett going to be healthy? Is he not going to be healthy? Um, The other thing, linebacker, that depth is a real issue now. So, you know, they're working on the depth. It's still really early. I think that what they're trying to do with the Jefferson signing, with other signings, is really make up for past injuries. Um, even, you know, Jeff Wilson, you know, that, that was a tough that was a tough thing with the knee injury, except that yeah. they had already addressed that. So, you know, you, you like what the team is doing in terms of addressing depth going forward so that we don't have that rehab tour or whatever. So... Going forward, going forward, you definitely want to see more of that. I agree. Hopefully, no rehab tour this year. The no. 40 hours have paid their dues. Luck, fate, whatever it is, please just give them a break. <laughs> hey, you know what? You say that, but I, I've lived in San Diego for a long time, and I know how, you know, before they moved, I mean, and still to this day, the Chargers every year just seemed injuries uh, just beat the crap out of them. So. I'm I'm just gonna keep my fingers crossed and hope for a real healthy season. That's that's really, you know, that's really what I'm looking for. Well said. Um, I do think though, th- they've they did a good good job filling the holes, like I said. But yeah, linebacker, wide receiver, secondary. Those are the two a, big ones. Yeah, I you agree. Know. I agree, and, and especially just because they're so top heavy. They're so top heavy that that depth was hoping they would fill it. Um, they apparently feel really good. They also feel really good about Jalen Hurd. And Juwan Jennings, because they didn't draft a receiver. I know they signed a guy or two that they like an undrafted, uh, as an undrafted free agent, but you can't always yeah. count on those. You almost can never count on those. So, Yeah, I we'll have to see. We'll have to see. So we're going to take some comments, guys, and then start to wrap things up. Uh, Tony Rosales, 49ers drafting running backs was a great move. We lost Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, just, just for a bit, right? I don't think he's gone for like the whole year. Um, he's going to be out till like November. Oh, geez. Okay. I didn't realize it was yeah. that serious of an injury. No, he's got, yeah. So what they did, um, I think they did a repair instead of a, so there's two options that you could do here. We're going to get into medical stuff right now. When you tear your meniscus, there's two ways that you can go about it. If you have a, like a flap, they can cut that off. Um, and that's less of a recovery time. Uh, but the downside to that is later on, you have, obviously you can't replace that material. So, that cartilage is gone and then you start getting friction rub and you end up having arthritic knees. If you repair it, you save that cartilage. So you don't necessarily have that long-term risk, but the recovery is like three times as long because you're actually waiting for that tissue to adhere and repair. So he chose, I think what I think is the smarter option, the long-term option, the one that allows you to, you know, bend down and play with your grandkids and not need a knee replacement. But it means that he's going to be out significantly longer than if he got the other one. Okay, nice explanation. Thank you. Um, let's see. Tommy Huxley, goof or goof like usual. Yep. Jared Goff, yep. Uh, Pete Gorman, do you think Jimmy gets traded before the trade deadline? Um, It depends on what Trey Lance's development looks like. Because they'll know real quick if he's, if he's ready to go or not. And if he's ready to go and Jimmy's n- maybe not, you know, lighting the world on fire, but is playing pretty well, 
they can move him at least for something. Because if they don't move him and he gets hurt again or he doesn't play well, they're going to have to cut him. They're not going to be able to make anything off of him. So at that point, it's just you're going to have to cut bait. So it, it really depends. on it, It's going to be incumbent on Trey Lance to do the best job possible to take that spot from Jimmy when Jimmy is playing at a de- at least a decent level. If not, then I think that they're just going to cut their losses uh, after this year. Yeah, I mean – if it really depends on Trey Lance, but on the flip side, how is Jimmy playing? Are they in a good spot? Um, it would be really interesting to see if the team is doing well, Jimmy's playing well, and they're comfortable with Trey, and they get an offer they like. Do they make? Do they pull the trigger and make that trade, even if everything's going well? Do they risk messing it up with inserting a rookie be- because they get to trade the offer they like? Uh, I'm gonna say he doesn't get traded. I think they do hold on to him this year. Kyle and John seem to have committed to him that at at least the opportunity for him to keep his job. If he plays well enough, Um, this is the first time we're going to see since Jimmy's gotten to San Francisco, a fire under his ass, really any true competition. Cause that's really never been the case. He got here, Brian Hoyer, CJ Beathard. uh, I don't know if Nick Mullins started any of those, the, the games when he got here, but there was nobody here that was really threatening his, his position. And he knew as soon as he got the offense, this is his team. Now that's not the case. Yeah. I, I just think that the one thing that you, you know, you can have a fire lit under you all you want, but if you can't stay healthy and that's going to be the biggest thing with Jimmy, I think is the health. Cause Fair he enough. plays decently. Although I did see a funny tweet. Uh, somebody tweeted out uh, in and out and Jimmy Garoppolo have in common that you don't you know it's way too much hype for what you actually get so you know again he's a, he's a good not great starter so you know also we got runaway stuff going on in the chat guys don't feed the troll yeah be, be polite don't feed the, feed the troll yeah um let's see how was your birthday zach it was great Went to Monterey for the weekend. Um, got a couple 49ers themed gifts. I should have brought them out. Um, I got this kind of like 49ers. I have a recliner that's kind of like my seat, which I never thought I'd have. But we got this new apartment, bought a recliner, and it's like so comfortable. So I got this like recliner cover that's 49ers themed. I got a 49ers like Mitchell and Ness uh, crew neck sweatshirt. Um, I got a couple of like autograph things from like authors that I like. Um and I got a book, an autograph book that's still coming in too. So, and I got a new suit, but that's shipped. It's coming from across the pond. So, we'll take a every break. time. Every time I swear, you say Ashley won't let you get a new suit. The next week, you're like, "Oh, I'm getting a new suit." I'm she bought you. me. She bought me this for my birthday. So, I don't buy anymore myself. You must be the easiest to shop for on your birthday if all you want is suits. I'm very easy to shop for. Yeah, Niners gear, suits, podcast equipment. Bad tacos. Hey, hey, (laughs) too soon, too soon. (laughs) Breakfast burritos is my thing. Uh, Let's see. Dan and Gotti. I feel like Tannehill is underrated in a similar way as Alex Smith was. Good comparison. Uh, Tommy Huxley. Feeding the troll. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Hold on. I got to address this because he's saying we're just saying he's a troll to be a troll. Don, you're trolling. You're saying the same thing, talking down to everybody. I have, I, I'm, I'm about to bust it out. I got a hammer. It's about to come down. This is called the band hammer. Behave yourself. 
Yes. Play nicely in the, in the chat. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There was a uh, comment in here. Antonio Rosales. 49ers have a deep safety position right now. Do you agree with this, Matt? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hufango's back there um, that they drafted. You know, you still, again, you still have Ward and Tart. Now with the Jefferson signing, you still have, you know, I think is Exum's gone, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Exum's gone, but okay. uh, man, I'm spacing on his name right now. Uh, 33. Who played for us last? 33. Getting uh, old, guys. More? Is it more? Yes. Yes. Tavarius more. So they have they have some players there, and I think if you're rocking five deep at safety, that's plenty deep enough. Yeah. No, I agree, and I, I do think that the 49ers, it's a talented group, and I think it's the most talented and experienced group they've had in a while. So that's promising. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ian Sharp Gallman was a good signing. I keep forgetting about him every time yeah. we talk about the 49ers running backs. You seem pretty yeah. pretty excited about him, right? He's going to be the third guy. I think he's going to be behind um, Mostert and Sermon, but he's definitely going to get some. Definitely going to get some play. So, yep. hey Fernando, I see your prediction in the chat for the 49ers. Just just one one thing you need to add an extra game there because they're playing 17 this year, my man. <laughs> That's right. Put put it in the win column. Do yeah, it. 13 and four. There we go. 13 and four. God, ah, that's so weird. I hate People it. Making I don't like it. Big deals over skill position players wearing single digits. I watch college football, so it doesn't bother me at all. This seventeen game season's weird, man. I already I don't, like, don't it. like it. I don't like not being able to to end at five hundred without a tie. It, yeah, well, uh, that and the schedules were balanced before. Yeah, and now it's just like, all right, you're pulling an extra game from where it, it just seems like a pain in the ass to schedule that. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the 49ers, they have their bye week, what, week six? So then they have like another 12 yeah, weeks and after week that? Six is, week six is the very first week that bye weeks are happening this year. So they kind of got kind of got the short end on that. Most definitely. And and I feel like they should have at the very least pushed that minimum that earliest date out a couple of weeks, but they chose not to do it. I know it's it's probably difficult scheduling all of them, but I think the NFL could have made made two with a little more evenly scheduled because now the 49ers, you get a bye week, week six, and then you got till what, week 18 now? So another 12 weeks to go straight. And then if you get into the playoffs, don't get a bye week, which only now one team gets a bye week per division or per conference. It's tough, man. It's really tough, and it's going to put a lot yeah. of strain on these guys. Absolutely. Yeah, You. I mean – if the 49ers don't finish first, it's like they're playing, like you said, it's it's going to be, what is that, 12, 13, 14, potentially 15 straight weeks to get to a Super Bowl, and it's yeah. just like basically that's, a that's whole a season. Lot. It's a lot. Basically a whole season, yeah. Uh, Antonio Rosales, will Trey Lance be used like the Saints use Taysom Hill this season? I no. say no. 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 But you have to look at it situationally. Where did the Saints get Taysom Hill from? The garbage pile, essentially, right? I'm pretty sure Taysom Hill was an undrafted free agent. Now yep. compare that to the third overall pick who you're grooming to be your franchise quarterback. You're not going to put Trey Lance out there at risk like that. There are going to be packages for Trey Lance where he's, you know, definitely going to be out there and you can run some RPO, but it's not going to be the Taysom Hill thing where, you know, Taysom Hill n almost never throws the ball. You know, he has like three passing attempts on the year when 
Lance goes out there for those packages, there's going to be a real threat that he's going to throw the ball. And I think that's the big difference. And they're definitely not going to do sometimes like they line uh, Taysom Hill out wide. That's a wide receiver. They're definitely not doing that. So I, I totally agree. Um, they're not going to use him, I think, until he's ready to, to start to play. Bye, Don. It's just Bye. too. <laughs> there was no payoff there, guys. There was no, no payoff. Don't don't feed him. You know, he's going to say what he's going to say. We don't need that here. It's it's yeah, it's it's just pointless. Would Denver make an offer for Jimmy G? I don't think so. I don't think so because they have their their Jimmy G with Teddy Bridgewater. They have more mobile Jimmy G with Teddy Bridgewater. You're going to get a lot of the same things that you get with Jimmy G, right? You're going to get deep, you know, pretty good intermediate accuracy not great deep ball accuracy and you're going to have some issues in terms of decision making that you have with Jimmy. But the difference is that at least in terms of 2021 and Bridgewater's not ridiculously mobile by any stretch of the imagination, but he looks more mobile than, than Jimmy is. Um, so I just don't, I don't know what would be in it for the, for the, for the Broncos at this point. And honestly, I still really think that they're holding out hope that this Aaron Rodgers thing goes real sideways. <laughs> so, that's funny. Um, I, I I don't think they would. I think that if they would, they would have already. But yeah. I don't think that. I mean, unless some catastrophic injury to Teddy Bridgewater, which already has happened. Um, but then they still have Drew Locke, who I know they're not crazy high on, but they're not good leveraged. dancer. I guess he's a good dancer, <laughs> knows his rap music. Um, but if they wouldn't be leveraged into into overpaying for a guy like Jimmy because they have a guy they know they they can at least maybe you know, even out with, it's not going to be and that he, huge. Of a and loss. even with Drew Locke, like say something does happen to Teddy Bridgewater. What's the odds that Drew Locke plays so badly that they're like, well, we have to go overpay for Jimmy. I just don't, I think that that's too far down the totem pole to really be a, a viable situation. So there's not, honestly, there's not a lot of places that Jimmy can go right now. To, to be honest, I think a lot of places are set. You know, before you were like, oh, well, New England, well, they just spent first round pick on Mac Jones. So not going there, you know, where are the openings for Jimmy to kind of go? Um, I don't know, unless, you know, unless like a like a Big Ben gets hurt or something like that. I just don't see that there's a real big place for them. No, I think his highest trade value was and, and the most options was obviously before the draft. Now that the draft happened, especially in New England, they got their guy and Mac. Yeah. I don't see that happening. Um, let's see. I do feel like Trey Lance have to start somewhere in the season, probably against the Jags. Possible. I mean, like I said, depends on Jimmy, depends on how the team's going. I I think Trey Lance will start too. And what I'm hoping is that it's week 18. So Perfect. I love it. Uh, let's see. Mr. Early, what's up, boys? Glad to catch stream for a bit. Been a while. It's been a while indeed. Thanks for tuning in. It has. Um, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe. We're getting pretty close to 2,000, guys. Help us get there. Let us give away a 49ers jersey. What about this scenario, Zach? Aaron Rodgers goes sideways. Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos. Jimmy G to the Green Bay Packers. I mean, it could work out. Dude, Jordan Love can't play. I know that for a fact. I know that for a fact. What somebody had reported, I can't remember who it was. Somebody reported that he was throwing like a lot of checkdowns and stuff in camp and didn't look good. And it's just like, dude was a three-year college starter. 
He's been in that system. He knows that system. And he still doesn't look good. And that's why I think it was Cowherd who was saying, this is why Aaron Rodgers is holding out and doesn't have a problem. Because he's like, you guys aren't actually replacing me with this guy. He sucks. Yeah. I I think uh, local beat writers in in Green Bay were saying he's like the third best quarterback on the roster. It's like, oof. I mean, he was a third rounder. And that's the thing. Ian says it perfectly. They're hiding Jordan Love. Because honestly, when you have a first round guy, the fans are usually clamoring for that. But I think that Green Bay, because what else is there to do in Green Bay, right? You, you live and die by the Packers. I, I guess you can slide over to Milwaukee and go watch the Brewers. But, you know, that they live and die the Packers. That that team, you know, the Packers are publicly owned up there. So yep. the fact that, like, they, the fans aren't even clamoring to see Jordan Love. And I know they're pissed at Aaron Rodgers. The fan base is split there. Like a lot of them are like, oh, he's too California cool for us or whatever. But the fact that they're not immediately going like, we'll put in Jordan Love. We paid a first round pick for him. I think they kind of know. I think everybody there knows that he's not good. No, by the way, Dombard blocked. It's just Bye. unnecessary. Yeah, too no, much, no, man. As, a, as a fan, I know you're a troll, but it's like, what fun do you get watching another team? team's content like go watch lion stuff well and i don't mind respectful banter if somebody wants to come in as as a fan like so you know when we're doing our game previews and stuff whoever we're playing if they want to come in and have friendly conversation or whatever but you know you have to be respectful and he wasn't very respectful he was just coming in and being a troll he's he's been going around youtube doing that stuff so we don't we don't have time for that we're trying to keep it positive here yeah i agree um going through some more comments before we wrap things up here did you see Kyle at NASCAR? Was it was it a little awkward or was that just me? Did you see it? Uh, no. He, he, I uh, do not watch the NASCAR, okay? <laughs> My car turns right, not just left. Turns that right. is offensive. That is very offensive. Um, I don't I'm, – I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I don't – I think Kyle's not the type of guy to get loud and, and rowdy. So I think it was kind of a little bit out of his comfort zone. And he seemed to me just watching it, he seemed a little uncomfortable. And it was just funny, you know, drivers, start your engines, like getting all loud and rowdy. Yeah. I thought it was funny, but hey, it's cool, man. It's cool to see him. He's he's definitely more of kind of a quiet, reserved guy. It was cool to see. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Early, you think Marcel's roster spot is at risk with Jefferson signing? Gosh, is he still on the roster? Marcel Harris? Marcel Harris. I don't know. I think he's Ooh. gone. Let me Google. I, I that's a name that shows you f- how far down the, the depth chart that goes, though. Um, yeah, it looks like he's still on the roster. Then, then maybe, yeah, we'll I have to would see say definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's at risk for sure. Doesn't mean that he's going to be gone, though. Mm-hmm. No, uh, let's see. Kyle Neely, I think if Mostert is hurt a lot, Gallman could be could lead the team in rushing. I actually think he might. Trey Sermon. I think, I think Sermon's the better back. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Plus the capital. I think politics comes into it a little bit. Yeah. I think Sermon. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, they're going to be like, we spent a third rounder on, on Sermon. We got to get him in there. Yeah. Uh, Pete Gorman. Same people be in this chat, be in Grant Cohen and Rombo's chat. Cool. Some some good four hours fans. As long as they're positive here, that's what we want. Good, good positive conversation. Just respectful. Please be respectful. Yeah. That's all we ask. Uh let's see. Hunk fat. They needed to add another uh another extra bye week as it was. So yeah, I think so too. I think yeah. that they definitely should have two bye weeks. Yeah. 
especially now. Yeah. Uh, Antonio was always Trey Lance is going to be deadly running the ball in the red zone. He is another running threat Shanahan needs to use. Yeah. I mean, once he gets in there, he's going to be tough to, to defend. The whole offense for sure. as a whole. That's going to be so typically that's going to be one of the first things. So if you remember um, in 2011 when Colin Kaepernick was a rookie, that's where the 49ers used him. They used him in red zone packages to do yep. stuff with. And I think that could be similar. So that's why I'm saying he's not going to be used like Taysom Hill, but they're definitely going to be using him in some regard. Yeah, I agree. And it's Kyle said it best. It's, you know, historically always been 11 on 10. Once you make it 11 on 11 and you don't know how to guard everybody, it, it makes it very tricky for opposing defenses. Uh, Kyle Neely followed it up. Trey could be the lead rusher as well. Yeah, yep, definitely. Uh, what game are you looking forward to? Mine is the Colts game. Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question. Let me pull up the season here. My friend is a Bears fan, so I'm looking forward to that game just because I want us to win so I can give him crap for it. Um, in terms of what I think is going to be the more interesting game, man, those Rams games are looking real interesting at this point. Yep. So yeah. I'm going to say uh looks like week 17, the 49ers go to Tennessee on Christmas yeah, Eve. Yeah, now Eve. with yeah, with Julio Jones, that changes the complexion. Yeah, that game looks totally. really good. And especially, you know, weeks it's going to be week 17 now, right? Cuz there's week 18 weeks. Um right. with probably playoff implications on the line, you know, seeding, formatting on the yeah. line. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm really That'll excited. That'll be a big test for the defense too because I mean, yep. you know, anytime you get against those stacked offenses, that's really what's going to be and it's on, uh, let's see, it's on a Thursday night. So that's a Thursday night game, nationally yeah. televised. Going to be a big game. The Bears game's Halloween. So the Bears be game would be very intriguing. And we talked about this with uh, Dre Blackwell. What if it's if rookie against Lance, rookie? Lance against Fields? That would be really interesting. And so then that makes, I mean, and the Bears are a better team than Jacksonville. So that makes that a more marquee game than, say, if it was like Trey Lance versus Trevor Lawrence, which would be interesting. But Jacksonville is not a good team surrounding him. So, the Bears made the playoffs last year with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. <laughs> so now you run out a Justin Fields, and it's just like, well, there you go. Like the team's just going to be better. So that's going to make the defense play better, too. I mean, how hard is it? I know the Bears' defense has fallen off, but like that's, I mean, how much of that is looking across the way? You know, you're down three, you make a stop, and then you watch Mitchell Trubisky go out there and go three and out, and you're just like, God. You know, and it's just like, how hard are you going to play in that in that case? At some point or another, you start, you know, you start looking out for your own interests, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. There's a lot of these games. That, and I saw, um, let me see, Jay Ellie just said game one against the Lions. That's really going to set the tone. We're going to find out a lot about this team week one. So that's that's a good one. It's a good uh, tune up for the defense. Good tune up. There you go. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, look at this guy pretending like he's not Don Burr's burner account. Oh my god, dude, come on, go kick rocks, go do something else. We're trying to have a good time here. <laughs> Ian Sharp Rogers knows he has upper hand, he definitely has absolutely a leverage. Does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's sitting back going, like You guys need me. <laughs> Lions don't have fans or shows, that's why. <laughs> that's funny poor guy star your engines yeah that was funny it's really uncomfortable i'm gonna have to go watch that clip now because i feel like it in kyle's way it was super awkward 
It was. Uh, I think RSF Niners posted it on Instagram. It's really funny. I'll send it. I'll send it in the chat. Yeah. Um, Tommy Huxley, Matt. Even though you are a priest fan, it's cool. He's making fun of the Padres. It's fine, dude. As you can tell, I'm right over my head. It's fine. It's fine. Listen, you just mad because the face of baseball is on my team. You wish you had a Fernando Tatis Jr. to call your own. It's okay. <laughs> Mr. Early, who y'all think leads the Niners in all-purpose yards this year? Go first. Uh, all-purpose yard. Probably George Kittle. You think? Yeah. I'm going to go with Ayuk. Okay. I'm going to go with Ayuk. Hopefully Kittle can play all 17. Well, see, now I'm thinking about it. If he can stay healthy, I'll say Debo Samuel. That's a great option. That's a great option. Yeah. Uh, some other people are excited about the Titans game as well. Tommy Huxley, are we going to beat the Titans? It's going to be. It's going to depend on what the season is looking like and where we're where we're at. Yeah. Um. But I mean, obviously, I feel like the 49ers have a good enough roster that if they're healthy, they're going to be in any game that they're going to play this year. Yeah. Um. That it's going to be a tall task. I think it'll be one of those games where you're looking at like you know a 35-31 game type of shootout game. But I think it can be done. The thing about the Titans is, in recent years, we've seen them kind of fold at the end of these big yeah. games. They haven't really been able to keep. They keep up until like ninety-five percent of the game, and then they just fold. So yeah. they've added Julio. Obviously, that's going to make a huge difference on offense. But are they the same old Titans? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, this is the same team. What they were up twenty four nothing on the Chiefs in the playoffs and then lost. I blame them uh, for the 49ers losing. <laughs> right? If they just took care Absolutely. of business, I know it would have been way better. It would have been sorry. way better. Uh, yeah, Adi, looking forward to the Titans as well. Niners Titans going to be a bloodbath. Both teams are going to be pounding the rock. Yep. Vernon Freeman, all NFC West games. Yeah, it's a great division, guys. Antonio Rosales. Going out 49ers and Titans might be a Super Bowl preview. It could be. Um, I still think the Chiefs are the class of the AFC, though. Yeah. Titans are for real, guys. Yep. Hung fat. Will you guys be doing any meetups at home games this year? Chapman's doing, uh, I think that means whole away game tour. Yeah. John Chapman, if you guys haven't seen the 49ers podcast, he has this like awesome away game tour package where he's got like discounts on hotels and stuff. If you're planning yeah. to go to any away games this season, go check out John Chapman at the 49ers Rush, Pod- 49ers Rush podcast, excuse me, and get your deals through the hotels through him and meet up. Um, as far as home meetup though, we haven't really discussed any. Our schedules are kind of a little hectic right now. Yeah. But I'm, hopefully, I'm coming we can towards, yeah, I'm coming towards the end of my, um, my advanced degree. So that, that'll I'll be kind of cut and bait there, but I am more likely than not going to be at the week 18 game, the 49ers at the Rams in LA at SoFi. So anybody else going to that, we can grab a beer or something. Yeah. Um, and as, if we get anything planned from the 49ers hive, you know, the, the team yeah. will definitely let you guys know. It's a possibility for sure. Yeah. Maybe the playoffs, uh, maybe the playoffs. Exactly. I'm happy for the Titans fans. I hope they beat Casey in the playoffs. Hopefully, man. Hopefully, right or wrong. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Game one versus the Lions. You know, and I was thinking, too, depending on how quickly you guys subscribe, maybe some tickets could be a giveaway prize for, yeah. you know, 2,500, 3,000 subscribers. We got to get to 2,000 first, though. So if you guys are watching this, you're not subscribed on YouTube. 
hit subscribe. 49ers jersey will be given away. Maybe it'll be a red throwback. Maybe it won't. I don't know. We leave it up to the yeah. winner. I know some of you guys out there have girlfriends and stuff, man. Just have them follow us. Yeah, come on. Just do be it. like be like Don Blur and make five accounts. Yeah. Follow do, on each. Yeah, yeah, do that too. <laughs> do that too. I think that's why everybody's saying that they're excited for the Lions game. Yeah. Don Blur got them all gassed up. I know. <laughs> that's funny. Man, were um, you making multiple accounts just to get heat? Yeah. Vernon Freeman. This is a question right up your alley. You've been talking about this, Matt. Who do you think should be or will be the kick and punt returners? I don't care as long as they do better than what Richie James has been doing the last couple of years. Um, I have this sneaking suspicion that Trent Sherfield is going to do a good job at it. Okay. Yeah. Um, just please do more than a couple yards in, in fall. That's all I want. That's all I want. Elijah Mitchell, I think, has been rumored to maybe have those duties. Uh, was it Ambry Thomas who also returned punts at Michigan that you were saying? Yeah, yeah, he did, but uh, I wouldn't want to use him there. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Niners' run defense was way better in 2020. If it stays great, we can win that Titans game. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah. Miami is the dark horse to win the AFC. Book it. That's the second Miami. My wife Miami. would love that. My wife yeah. would love that. They're real. coming along, man. That's a really good... Uh, example of how to build a team, you know, from the ground up through the draft. Oh, yeah. And Brian Flores is a hell of a coach, man. Oh, yeah. A lot of respect to Brian Flores. He's doing a great job there. Uh, John is great. John is awesome. Chaps to the yeah. goat. Uh, depends on Tua. That's, yeah, that's also a good point. Now, so the thing, I'm just going to throw out some my thoughts on Tua. I think this year is going to be definitely be the year. I know people were ready to move on. But you got to remember, he had that catastrophic hip injury his last year at Alabama. And then you go into the season, and it's a COVID year, so there's no training camp, no nothing for him to get ready. And I know they did the stop-start thing, right? They did that weird thing where, like, Tua would start, and then in crunch time they'd put in Brian Fitzpatrick. Ugh. But I think that that this is really going to be sink or swim because they, they, you know, they cut the umbilical cord on that whole Ryan Fitzpatrick thing. That's why he's up with the Washington football team now. And it's really going to be on Tua to show what he can do. Otherwise, I think if he can't do it, they're going to move on. But I expect him to be a little better just having time into the system. When he threw the ball, he was fairly accurate. His problem was he looked tentative to throw. And I think that that's the classic college open versus NFL open. I think he wasn't willing to put the ball into tight windows because that's not what he was used to at Alabama. So he definitely needs to take that next step going forward. If he's going to be, be the guy and we're going to see it real early this year, whether or not that he's going to be able to do that. Fernando. Wow. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the show guys. Keep it up. Go Niners. Absolutely. Thank thanks you. Thank you very much. We really appreciate Beautiful. it. Um, yeah. As far as Tua though, I remember there were <laughs> PFF, I think was speculating that the, the, the Dolphins should trade, Tua and draft Justin Fields. And I'm like, wow, you're already talking about getting rid of a guy you just drafted. Yeah. It's wild, man. It really is wild. Yeah. I'm not surprised though with PFF. I mean, do they take the human factor into it? Like I said, like when you look at the injury that he dealt with and no off season, is it any wonder that he, you know, has some struggles and yeah. there again, PFF is just looking strictly by the numbers and it's not, well, well are these numbers that have a circumstance to them? Are they numbers that can be improved? Are they numbers that just automatically are going to disqualify them? They just say the numbers are the numbers are the numbers. And so without that extra context, it doesn't really mean a lot. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Right now, I would definitely take Justin Fields over Tua. But oh, yeah. oh, the yeah. Dolphins made an investment. They made a decision. I think they need to stick with it. I think they need to let it ride out 
a little longer before they cut bait already because it's a yeah. little too soon. Uh, Tommy says, congrats on your degree. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Jay Ellie as well. Matt's been putting in the hard work. Uh, oh, yeah. Travis Benjamin also. I'm not sure how much you can expect from him at this stage in his career, but he has some experience yeah. returning kicks. Yeah. Uh, Kai J. Okay. I subscribe both my accounts. Kyle here. Kyle, thank you. There you go. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. Love it. Uh, Connor, my boy, Elijah Mitchell, for sure. For show, actually. Yeah. I mean, he's got the talent, man. Can we get the hive to 30 likes for the end of live stream? I don't know where we're at right, right now, but hit that like button, guys. Like button, smash it down. Yep, smash it. Destroy the like button right now, or I will personally show up at your door. And I'm not gonna he finish this sentence. He ain't doing all that. I'm not gonna finish this sentence. Second <laughs> preseason game against the Chargers, anyone? Are you going to that game? Let us know. No. I don't I agree I, with uh, PFF take. I hate going to preseason games because you don't get I mean they're fun, but it's fun in like a mini golf type of way. Yeah, but have you seen the price of those tickets? I haven't this year, but I assume they're a lot more expensive because oh, nobody went last year. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, KJ, I agree with PFF's take. Interesting. I would have taken Fields if I was Miami. What's wrong with two first rounders competing? Um, I think what they did instead and surrounding two with more weapons is actually the better move. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Ian Sharp, Watson talk died pretty quick. Legal issues are a son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Yep. Antonio was always with the Raiders trade for Jimmy G. <laughs> it would be a pretty Gruden thing to do. That's for sure. <laughs> They're pretty similar. That's I think. A good point, man. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, Jimmy, man. Total, total. Let Gruden. me tell you what I like about this Jimmy Garoppolo guy. <laughs> it's a terrible John Gruden, but that's all yeah. I got. Right. This kid's just a, a total passer, man. Oh, spider two white banana. <laughs> this is the quality content you get here at the Red and Gold oh Standard Podcast. <laughs> Tommy, I have a uh, housewife degree, art history, VA, and a colony, culinary school graduate. That's awesome. And you know what, though? Cooking is important. It's very important. And a lot of men know how to grill. They don't know how to cook when you get in the kitchen. So it's very important. I can cook it when I can get in the kitchen, and I can grill. I cannot bake. I can bake, bake good. It's not for me. Cook in the kitchen, grilling. I never got into it that much. I can I can make like the basics, you oh. know, like uh, burgers, dogs, ribs. Your uh, my pops. Burnt. Zach burns the meat. You heard it here first. I do Zach not burn my meat. meat. I do not he burn my meat. meat. My pops will smoke salmon and brisket for like twenty-seven hours, thirty hours. Dude, it's the most tender salmon you'll ever have. It literally just falls apart. Dude, go get yourself a Traeger grill. That's like grill by numbers. You can't even screw that up. A Traeger grill. Where I'm at, I can't have a grill. So it's like, uh, there's no point. Well, hibachi, bro. Hibachi, yeah. Hibachi. Get a hibachi. Mr. Early, I'm really excited for the preseason this year, but I'm definitely not paying those. Definitely not. Prices. Too expensive. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Jay Ellie will be in Arizona at 10-10-21. I've thought about going to Arizona because Glendale is only like five hours for me, but it's five hours. So yeah. I'd have to make a weekend of it. You got it. Yeah. It's, it's way too much to do in like one day and come back. Uh, yeah. I thought about going to, so I thought about taking my wife cause she's a Dolphins fan, you know, 
I thought about taking her and going to Allegiant. So for Raiders Dolphins, because they're going to be there. The cheapest bleed tickets that I could find were like 500 bucks a piece. I was Jesus like, you guys Christ. are insane. I love Vegas, but there's a lot I could do with Vegas for 500 bucks. Yeah. That would be probably more entertaining. You know, what sucks is we were supposed to go to the Dolphins game last season. I'm, I'm glad we didn't because it turned out to be a total crap yeah. crap show. Um, but we were supposed to go to that game because your wife is a Dolphins fan. And obviously last season was the season from hell. And now this season, the price... T- uh, Ticket prices are just yeah, my guy Don Burr just in here, man. Is he back in here? Look, you got him up on the screen, my guy. Oh my god, <laughs> it's just backwards. Oh my god, you really made Dang. a new account for this? He got you, he got you, he got me. Oh. Respect, I respect the hustle, but you gotta go, dude. You gotta go. Yeah. Uh, let's see, he's Gruden just like, is out of his nah, what email can I make up now? Right, need another Google account. Gruden is out of his skull, but there's no shot he trades for Jimmy G-string. <laughs> yeah. Raiders got Solomon, so anything's possible. Fair enough. What's up, 49ers Ultimate Report? Thanks for tuning in. What's up? Just a little bit of trolling from yeah. people. From Mr. Blur. If Carr doesn't bring the Raiders to the playoffs, they'll be looking for a new quarterback next year. I don't think they like each other. I don't think so either, but Carr is definitely not the problem. The Raiders' defense is trash. That's yep. the problem. Yep. <laughs> KJ's having a blast with it. Yeah, he got me. He got me. He definitely got me. Um, I think we're going to end things here, guys. Did a little over an hour. Yeah, you better hurry up before he makes another burner account. He's probably making it right now. Right now. By doing that capture, enter the text thing right yeah, now. So we're going to end not a things robot. here. Please pick out all the pictures <laughs> with bikes in them. With palm trees. Yeah, I hate that. And he's um, like, oh shit, I missed one. Have I you have you seen the that like change as you select it? And like yeah. those, I yeah. hate those, man. I hate those. Yeah, but they gotta it's changing with the times, man. Yep. Shout out 49ers Ultimate Report. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, appreciate you guys for tuning in. I know it's been a while. We're gonna be back to doing uh once a week, and then as the yep. season gets closer, we're gonna start Niners News again. We're gonna be putting out content. Monday through doing, Friday. Yeah, we're going to be doing Niners news Monday through Friday. We're going to be doing game previews, game reviews, all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, as we get closer to the season, we're going to be ramping it up. Like, actually, when training camp starts, I mean, even the preseason games, you know, we'll, we'll go through and we'll do our previews and reviews just so we can talk about who's making moves, who's doing all this stuff. So please stay tuned. Yep. Tommy Huxley, great show, guys. Matt, sorry oh, to make fun of the Padres. It's, 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 it's all in good fun, man. Talking talking stuff about baseball in June, like talking crap, is it's kind of pointless, but it's still kind of fun. So yeah, NL West is crazy. Um, other than the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, who suck. I don't know, man. I think they're going to do well this year. I'm totally joking. I, I know nothing about Dude, baseball. I think the Diamondbacks lost 13 straight games at one point. Jeez, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. But yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for the super chat. Um, Thank you guys for all the support. And I know we were gone for a little over a week, but we're back. We're going to be back, like Matt said, regular content Monday through Friday, game previews and reviews on the weekends. Hit that subscribe button. We're bringing you the content. um, And somebody's going to get a jersey out of this. So hit that subscribe button. It'll be like our ninth jersey given away. So it's totally worth it. Hit the subscribe button. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Have a great night. And uh, we'll see you guys sometime next week. Yeah, go ahead and click the bell for notifications. We love you as always. And until next time, go Niners.